Hey, what's happening? It's Thursday, December 2nd, 2021. Already past Thanksgiving. Getting close to Christmas. I know some of you nutcases are, have been so excited about it. You've had decorations up for like a month, which is a massive foul. But we live in a free country and you can leverage holidays to annoy the rest of us. But I do love this time of year. It's fun. Even more so when I see Joe Biden and Kamala Harris suffer. I see liberals suffer. It's the gift that always keeps on giving. And um, we'll, we'll talk a lot about that today. We'll talk about the new variant. Oh, dear God. You saw that last week. Um, it was, what, after Thanksgiving, this popped up, the creepy Greek name Omicron. For a while, I called it Omicron. Um, people are clearly, especially Americans, they're, we're fatigued of this. You know, most of us have been for a while. And it's actually, it could be, this variant could be a great thing. And I'll share with you what some doctors are saying about it. We'll talk about Bannon, Steve Bannon and the January 6th committee that, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, they subpoenaed him criminally uh, to appear before that committee. And, and that opened up some doors that good old Steve Bannon is going to uh, step through and take advantage of now that he's facing a criminal case. Um, but let's jump into it. There's lots going on. I know I haven't been a few days late. I was able to get you a show while I was on Thanksgiving holiday because I had to. I mean, Rittenhouse was acquitted. We had the Ahmad Arbery case go down. <clears throat> I think both of those, um, you know, you know how I feel about Rittenhouse. We didn't talk too much about the Arbery case, but I think the jury did its job well there. So we can we can move on from that now. The only little story I'd like to open up with is what's happening at Arizona State University. If we're going to talk Kyle Rittenhouse, we have to talk about the fact that he is an enrolled student at Arizona State University. And from what I gather, he plans to attend classes. I'm sh I don't think he's there yet. Uh, they're about to go on um, their like Christmas winter break. I'm sure they don't call it Christmas break. And uh, already there are protests. The woke mob protests Kyle Rittenhouse, and they've been holding death to America signs. So that's how bright these state college students are you know they have no the, the the mind's full of mush they don't have original thoughts they're never the left is never original right and um even now and of course we'll talk about what's happening in the supreme court it's it's been weird with news there's so many headlines and urgent news stories that probably the biggest story of the year of the last few years has been glossed over until boom, all of a sudden the Supreme Court is hearing a case that essentially could overturn Roe versus Wade and make abortion illegal or not constitutionally protected. Crazy stuff. It's it's kind of amazing. It really sort of surprised me. I knew it was going to be discussed at some point, but now it's being those arguments are being heard. But moving on, you know, come back to Kyle Rittenhouse. There's protests. There's counter protests. I don't know how this kid is actually going to attend any university. I mean, unless it's Liberty or, you know, a conservative Christian school, which there's not many. Um, I, you know, going to an Arizona State, which is, you know, a lot of fun. It's a good school. Tempe's a, a blast, especially for a young 18-year-old uh, guy. I mean, if you know Tempe, you know Arizona State, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I just attended a football game. Um, not too long ago there. And it's, you know, um, it's an awesome place, but it's a big, big school. And you've already got people showing their cards. They're going to target him. 
How's he going to walk to class, walk across that giant campus safely? I'm not kidding. This isn't, first, it's awful being harassed, which he will be on the daily. I think it's dangerous for him. Was he going to walk around with a security detail? Where I'm going with this is I don't see how this kid has a normal life anytime soon. He, he needs time. I think he's brave for wanting to go to school right away, but I feel like Kyle Rittenhouse needs to take advantage of the ASU online program for at least the back half of the year, which is theirs is excellent. I mean, they Arizona State, the ASU online program is what our military uses for their professional military education. It's massive. Any class he wants to take on campus, I'm almost certain he could take online. I mean, think about what happened after COVID. All of these online programs, and ASU was already robust. I mean, they reinvested in it big time. It's a multi-multi-million dollar operation. And I think you can do an entire four-year degree online and get the same degree as a co-ed attending school on campus would receive. So I applaud him for wanting to get back to his normal life. I don't want the left, the fear mongers, the, the violent people we know in those ranks to deter him. And But I, I just think, I think the pot is still a little bit hot. All right? I think things are, things are very worrisome right now. It is still raw for these psychopaths that had convicted him the moment the press told them to convict him in the court of public opinion. And of course, we hope to see financial windfall um, for Kyle Rittenhouse. But I feel like it's a bit early for him to try to return to a public normal life. Um, he seemed very alert, healthy uh, with it in his interview with Tucker Carlson, which I thought was excellent. But I'm, I am worried about him. I mean, how can you not? As a father, the kid, he is a kid. I don't care how old he is. I mean, you look at him. He's like any 18-year-old uh, guy that hasn't totally grown into himself. And he th- probably thinks he understands the left and the modern liberal. But I, I doubt he does. It does sit, take some time to, and to be around them to know how dangerous they can be. And I'm not talking about ideologically dangerous, which we know they are. I'm talking about physically, emotionally dangerous. He's, of course, experienced what the justice system can do when the left leverages them. Now he's got to be out in the world. He's never been out in the world as post-acquittal Kyle Rittenhouse. So we'll see. But it's disgusting um, and pathetic. And the parents of these kids who have signs that say death to America are complete losers. I blame them first, uh, but we'll see. I'll be, I'll be following that and I hope he's okay. And I'd love it if he can go to the school, find a network of people, um, good kids, you know, kids that are truly tolerant and are actually truly, if you want to use the word progressive in how they understand the justice system, but who knows? Who knows how strong that group can be because it will be difficult. Um, so we have a new variant. <laughs> We've had many, you know, the, the, the two that we've known now by name and have been made to be afraid of are, of course, the Delta and now Omicron. What's interesting about Omicron is the first cases, you know, they popped out of a few countries in Africa. And I was reading about some in Nigeria that have been detected over the last few weeks. And, and the virologists were nervous about this one. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it has 
more mutations of the spike protein than any previous variant. And there's been alpha, beta, there's been a Charlie, a Delta, not I say Charlie, whatever the C1 was, Delta. And of course, so you know, they skipped XI. I don't know how the Greek alphabet pronounces XI, G, right? The president of China, I'm sure is pleased that we don't have a variant, especially one that is a variant of concern named after him. So the who or whoever signs off of naming COVID-19 variants took a solid knee and bent for China and President Xi by skipping his name in the Greek alphabet, which was next up for naming a variant. Something you might have heard of, you might not have, now you have. But like it or not, annoyed by it or not, it is named Omicron. And so far, every case has been mild. The first published piece about 10 cases in Nigeria, I believe it was in Africa somewhere, I believe it was Nigeria, the doctor said the cases are a little strange, but they're mild. And he had one kid, he's like, the only thing that was different, he had a high heart rate. He doesn't know if that's related to the virus. Well, that's continued. People that have tested positive for it, you know, we saw our first positive test yesterday in California. Oh, the news alerts came out. Oh my God, Omicron has arrived. People, it's been here for a while. Right, we've got an increase in positive cases. It's that increase has been trending. I think for three or four weeks now. Right, we just kind of a little bit of a spike, um, but hospitals are not overwhelmed. It makes sense now that we know this variant is mild, but probably pretty contagious. Omicron's probably been here. Now that they're aware of it, and know how to test for it, they're finding it. You've got people in Europe that went to a Christmas party, a number of people test positive, but only two have Omicron. Now, how does COVID spread and not everybody have the same variant? I think the testing's a little off. I think a lot of positives that were tested in the last few weeks in the United States were this variant. So, of course, regardless of how mild it probably may turn out to be, you know, they're looking at this. And you know, as I go into this, you guys listened before, I... I'm not somebody that's on board with the whole COVID hoax thing. And if you're still labeling it as the flu, you've, you've been woeful or intentionally ignorant. Don't take ignorant personally. That's a state of being. It's not an adjective to describe who you are. We're all ignorant of things all the time, right? And if you've been, but I think... I'm more critical of people that are intentionally ignorant, like the people who think Kyle Rittenhouse should be lynched. We've had a trial. We've had video. We had all the evidence. The jury made its decision, and these people willfully don't look at the evidence. You have people that still think one of the victims, I hate using that word, one of the pieces of shit who he smoked was shot in the back. Thousands, probably a few million people believe that, like these dipshits at Arizona State. So coming back to it, if you know, sorry if you don't like me acknowledging COVID. I've had a comment um, on social media where someone was disappointed. It's like, you know, go back to the Q crowd. You guys are weirdos. It's just weird. Um, I hope you vote our way. We'll take your votes. That's it. I don't want to be around you. And if you're going to talk about COVID being a hoax, that's a bit ridiculous. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not overselling the vaccine. I got it. But hey, shit, do what you need to do. Take care of yourself. Overall health is what's important. So going back to Omicron, I'm reading from a few doctors that are brave enough to say it, that it's actually <laughs> a good thing. 
that Omicron, a mild version, a mild variant with regard to symptoms, but otherwise contagious, is a great way for us to gain natural immunity and that we actually should go away from, and of course we won't, a mass vaccination policy. Now, I don't know if this is related, but the WHO, the WHO, the World Health Organization today came out and said, no, they're like, they're basically discouraging boosters for a while. I found that interesting. And, and the story related it to Omicron. Now, I don't know if it's because they want to come up with another way to make billions for the pharmaceutical companies and dump money into them in guarantees for a Omicron uh, vaccine. That is the concern. The people that are pro-vaccine, the doctors, and there are many, are have been concerned for a little while that this Omicron variant variant could evade the vaccine. Again, it's super mild. Who gives a damn if it does? If this turns out to be what it looks like, it like we're talking about as mild as those early cases. I think that some of these early variants. I think there were a few of COVID. And there were parts of the world where people had the sniffles, especially people that came back from that Japanese cruise. No one was hospitalized. They got over it quickly. People of all ages, all health uh, um, conditions. And now we've got another mild variant. And, and I remember last week, I was like, oh, why would the variant be more mild, even with all these unique mutations? <clears throat> and a couple of virologists, very reputable guys, including this PhD and retired Army Colonel Lawrence Selene, or Selin, S-E-L-L-I-N, says that this is how viruses operate to survive, right? If, you, if you're too deadly as, as a virus, you're not going to, you're going to make yourself extinct. You're going to kill your host. So these mild variants are part of the battle that COVID's pretty good at fighting to stay around. And how does it eventually go away? Well, natural immunity. I mean, this is probably, if these physicians are right, this is better than a vaccine, right? You get a, um, you know, all a, a variant, you get the, the virus like you would the flu or anything else. And it, even though it's novel, it's a mild variant, you're going to get natural antibodies and the virus is going to run out of hosts over time. So of course we have well thought, reasoned, experienced individuals offering what I believe are relevant ideas and ideas and strategies that would be and should be considered and they won't be. We know that these great ideas are interesting. They make sense. It's encouraging because even with lame government vaccination policies, evil and illegal mandates, which are popping up all over the world, they now have quarantine camps in Australia and I believe in other countries. It's getting nuts. In Germany now, or not too long from now, if you're unvaccinated, you basically are cut off from public life, right? You have to show your vaccine status to get on a train, to go to the grocery store, anything. In Germany, can you imagine the sick irony of that in former Nazi Germany? And now here we have this awkward policy. You know, Biden and everybody wants us, They believe me, they we are glad, everyone's glad so far that the Omicron variant has been mild. Fauci and his team and Biden's administration are disappointed. They are disappointed. This was their rebirth. This was their rewind to March and April 2020. When I saw this pop up last week, I thought, holy shit, here we go. Fauci rushed to the, to the interviews and the son of a bitch actually had the nerve to refer to himself as science when talking about Ted Cruz. And this appointed bureaucrat who's not supposed to be political 
couldn't help but bring up the January 6th commission in that disgusting interview. I think Fauci has marginalized himself, even with many former of his former cult followers of his. And the Omicron variant is potentially going to be an exposure of how much we don't need that man or men or women and women like him. And so with this now, you know, it's interesting. Already the Omicron stories are fading. You know, we've got our first cases here in California. They got some in India. All these people that have traveled abroad coming back from Africa, you know, I this, this is the last hurrah. And if it doesn't turn out to be like Delta, they're going to be disappointed, which is great. And they're going to be probably having to fade into the distance. I hope these physicians are correct. The ones who are saying it as a mild variant, this will spread natural immunity. And this is why countries like India have had extremely low cases recently because they've had two major surges and I mean, major in the millions, you know, they were like of the cases they knew for a while, there were periods where India was having 500, 600,000 cases a day. That's just who's getting tested in a country of 1.8 billion. So their case numbers are low. They're vaccinating too, but the virus is going to spread. We've learned now having vaccines out for a while, having the virus been around for almost two years, it is nature doing its thing. Now, when I say nature, I believe it was made in a lab. I talked to people who have had it recently, had it a year ago. They describe it as nothing like anything natural they've contracted in their lives. Can we prove it? Probably if it had occurred in a lab, if it was designed in a lab anywhere else other than China. I don't see us ever getting that information. I don't think Fauci and his group who have been in league with that lab in Wuhan for years, I don't think they want us knowing either. So. I'll continue to follow this Omicron variant. I'm going to do a Friday show tomorrow, and then we'll be back at it next week. Hopefully it just stays the way it has been a week, for the last week or so. The people, Everyone's looking at it. Even the extreme left on social media has nothing to work with, which is great. Omicron hasn't, I mean, no one can even talk about a hospitalized patient with Omicron in the world, not the U.S., not Europe, in the entire world. Nobody's talking about a severe case. Know that your friends, and we know they're not friends, the people on the left, liberals, are hoping this is bad. Remember, this is a chance for them to go back to sitting at home and telling us about how we should live on social media while they collect a check from our hard-earned work, from our tax dollars. Make no mistake, I would say 25 to 30 percent of the United States, millions and millions of people, are hoping Omicron is severe and are hoping we can go back to the welfare state we went into when we first locked down. Know this. I mean, you go look at people on social media, they talk about how they haven't left the house. They're not going to. Vaccinated people, they've lost their minds. And Omicron is really not what they had hoped it was. I mean, I think you saw probably for a couple of days when it came out, manufactured, absolute panic. So with the variant fluttering and not being what they hope it is for now, we actually can focus on some real news because if you live in a world where I live, COVID is maybe considered an endemic. Nobody's wearing masks where I am. Um, people are living a very normal life. And you hear about someone getting COVID once in a while, but it's certainly dissipating. So as the real world goes on, we want to see what's happening with our government. And believe me, COVID is a great distraction from the massive government overreach that we are experiencing, not only with the virus or the mandates, but in other areas of government. Now, the January 6th committee, 
with goofballs like Adam Kinzinger are tr- uh, trudging along, right? They're doing their best. It, you know, they, they don't have a lot of news to share right now. And their biggest move, a move of desperation, because this has not done, been done by a congressional committee in almost 40 years, is they criminally subpoenaed Steve Bannon, and Steve Bannon didn't show. He actually has a legal precedent. We talked about executive privilege. He worked for the President of the United States, and he exercised that right, that right not to incriminate himself or his former boss, and didn't show up. So they subpoenaed him. They charged him with a crime, and he's on his, his show, which is pretty good. I like the war room there. They get a little bit out there. But Bannon runs a good good business, and he's he's gaining a lot of viewers in the massive story that it was for a day when he was subpoenaed and charged. Well, guess what that did? And I didn't I didn't think about this because I'm not as smart as Steve Bannon. Say what you want about him; the guy knows what he's doing. You know, maybe when I'm an advisor to the president, I could maybe claim to be nearly as smart as him. But until then, I gotta I gotta hand it to him and his lawyers because now. When, you, when you're criminally charged, guess what? You have the right to see the evidence against you. It's called discovery, right? Whether it's in a congressional committee, a district, city court, doesn't matter, municipal court, that is a constitutional right for all Americans. So Steve takes this charge, this uh, criminal charge for not, uh, not appearing before Congress, and he opened you know, basically got the key to unlock the door. And that door is now wide open. And now he gets to see all of the secret behind the scene communications, everything they have used and talked about, I'm talking about the committee, to go after him. This is pretty fantastic. Even the Daily Beast, a very far left publication, put out a piece this morning. And they said Steve Bannon, of course, the right wing media personality, became the first person in nearly 40 years to be indicted on a charge of criminal contempt of Congress last month after he refused to cooperate with the House Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection. Now Bannon appears to be using his criminal case to go after the committee that went after him. Yeah, Daily Beast, that's how it works in this mo, this mofo, okay? We don't, we're not a communist country. We don't, we're not accused of crimes without knowing why we're accused and not without seeing the evidence that is our right. And I get that right even if I disagree with you little bitches. It goes on, again, from the Daily, the Daily Yeast. Bannon is attempting to force investigators to potentially expose who they've talked to and what they've said, peek into secret communications on the committee, and create a playbook for the resistant witnesses, according to several legal experts. Yeah, uh, 4D chess people don't play checkers when you roll into the house with Steve Bannon. He's coming chess back. And this was a checkers move. They did this to themselves. I'm excited about where this could go. I'm glad he was subpoenaed. I was glad then, not even knowing this move. I thought, this is this bullshit charge. It, it comes with a maximum one-year prison sentence. And I think I said it then. If the guy has to actually do that time, he's going to be a legend. They're creating a martyr out of Steve Bannon, who, again, if you talk about Trump derangement syndrome, there's always been a Bannon derangement syndrome, too, right? This guy, in the beginning, when he was officially still an advisor, after he helped get Trump elected, this was the evil genius that your liberal buddies wanted bad. They wanted him worse than Trump. I mean, Steve Bannon is somebody that he must have a lot of security. They, The things they say about Steve Bannon, they do not like to talk about at parties. I mean, it is, it is gross. And so now... 
this committee has made him front and center, enemy number one, when guess what? Us deplorables are like, we like to be your enemy, right? The more that Liz Cheney hates this man, the more I love him. And so we're going to see this move. His lawyers are, are heavy hitters. And we're going to see some interesting moves leveraging this discovery in this criminal case against him. I'm, as you can probably tell, pretty excited that, uh, that this is going the way it is. Because again, anything, anytime the left fumbles, not only do we want to laugh a little bit, we want to pick up that ball and we want to run it back for a touchdown. This might be a chance for Steve Bannon to do it. And what they've done now is they've put the spotlight on themselves. And this January 6th committee was already, it's already hanging by a thread. They're struggling to charge anybody with anything relevant. They've all been misdemeanors, pretty, pretty much, you know, except for the shaman guy who pled out, you know, for, I guess, annoying them. And, um, you know, it's, it's looking pretty weak. I mean, there's no charge of insurrection. There's no, in all these terms they use, they never learned. They did it with Kyle Rittenhouse, talking about him being a murderer. They have no legal foundation to do so. So now Steve Bannon, who wants to fight, it's a, be careful when you pick a fight with somebody who wants to fight. That, that's a good life lesson for all of us. It's like, wait a minute. So that there may be a fight and the guy is excited about it. I don't want to fight that dude. I've never been that excited for a fight. Well, they, they, they stirred up a hornet's nest with Bannon. Moving on to our favorite vice president, Kamala Harris. She lost another advisor today. And this is somebody, this is Simone Sanders. She's the woke of the woke. I mean, you can see 10 seconds of an interview with Simone Sanders and you're like, oh, be afraid, right? This is a, a angry African-American woman, the epitome of what Kamala Harris wanted to be, stunning, brave, and woke. Kamala can't be anything genuine, whether it's a far left or not. And Sanders bailed. Word on the street is Simone Sanders is going over to Stacey Abrams' campaign. Stacey Abrams yesterday announced that she's going to run for governor of Georgia. So she's going for it. And she did this before, um, and she always said she was cheated. She played that card. And before Georgia passed election protections, she did a damn shady but strong job of getting different ways for people to vote. And that pandemic really helped her. And she's a big part of why Georgia was even close in the 2020 election for president. Now she's running for governor. Stacey Abrams is the woke of the wokies as far as a candidate. Why would Simone Sanders not go work for the most woke and get the hell out of the Harris campaign? Kamala's like in the 27% approval rating for weeks now. Even CNN reported it and they got admonished for it. But for weeks now, we've known Harris's campaign, her administration and her her staff are in disarray. The office of the vice president, which how hard is that to manage? I'm sorry, but like, woman, this is really embarrassing for you and your stunning and brave friends because they put, you know, the, the liberal feminist, which is kind of a, you know, it's an oxymoron there. I mean, they, they put a lot into Kamala, how good she looks in a pantsuit, right? And this is what you get for getting behind somebody for how they look and for what their gender is, because that's all Kamala Harris offers, is being a person of color and being a woman. And to the left, that's a big deal. The problem is, if you put those people a little too high on the totem pole, a little too high on the chain of command, exposure's coming. And my God, it's happened to her. And of course, along with it has come that dipshit Pete Buttigieg, who doesn't talk much, but is just a goddamn weirdo when he does. I mean, here's the Secretary of Transportation trying to tell us how truckers are going to be going to like electric vehicles. 
total moron. He always was. But again, he's gay. And he, you know, dressed up in a costume and apparently was in the military. Someone handed him a rifle for a picture. So he got elected or he got nominated and was pretty popular for a while until he was talking for more than a minute. And people were like, oh, we call him cyborg for a reason. Well, Kamala's in trouble. And Simone Sanders is a big deal in the Democratic Party. So her leaving the vice president's campaign. I mean, think about this. If you're the sitting vice president, you are the presumed nominee whenever your boss is no longer running. And for Joe Biden, I mean, we all feel pretty good about it being a one-term presidency because his health is so bad. So Kamala is less than three years away, two years really from starting a campaign to be president of the United States. This is the ideal place to be if you're on someone's staff. You want to be on that staff, get her elected. You're in the White House and you bail. And it's probably to be on a campaign staff for someone running for governor in Georgia. That on paper, you are seeking a demotion. That's how bad Harris is. Not her staff, not her office, her. She is that effing bad. And she's toxic. And Sanders is not somebody, you know, she's not somebody that's going to leave a fellow female of color unless it's disaster time. And it certainly looks like, like it is. Let's have fun with this, right? This is great. This is where the Republicans need to absolutely pounce. And... um and I think some of them have. Once we get into midterm campaign season, the future of the Republican Party is going to take shape. Um, I am curious. You know, there's. It's really interesting, and, and I'll I'll move on to this quickly because um, uh, the the gal uh, sidekick of Epstein is um, is now on trial, right? I mean, she's a psychopath. And uh, she is in court, you know, fighting for the future of her life. She's an evil bitch in the Epstein case. And um, Jeline Sanders, I'm saying her name wrong, but Jeline Maxwell, this elitist British woman, Oxford educated. She is, uh, she's in deep shit. And they're calling witnesses right now. And uh, Trump's name has come up, right? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shy away from this. Trump's name just came up yesterday. Again, it wouldn't pass me, but it wouldn't surprise me if someone perjured themselves, saw this as an opportunity to tie Donald Trump to illegality of David Epstein. We knew they had a relationship. We know that Trump kicked him out of Mar-a-Lago and banished him at some point, but did something happen that is illegal in a trip or trips that Trump took with Epstein to that island of his? The pilot asserted that Trump was on one of those flights. I don't see this guy lying. He is, I mean, in the pilot hated Epstein because he knew what was going on. He saw, I mean, he flew the girls there. We saw pictures of Epstein getting off these planes with girls that were underage. Now you have Trump tied to the flights. And now you have someone saying that there was a 14 year old around when Donald Trump was around and potentially with him. Uh, it's really strange. I know CNN has talked about it. it, but Donald Trump is the enemy of their en- I mean, the worst enemy the left has. I don't understand how this is not front page news. I mean, not only is was this an accusation, it's now 
it's now been stated in open court. Now, he's not the only one. Guys like Kevin Spacey were on the flight, Bill Clinton. Who knows who else's names are going to drop. Twitter CEO steps down, Jack Dorsey, kind of out of nowhere. Um, I mean, it's, it's really odd how Trump is not taking heat for this apparent testimony. And um, <clears throat> maybe it's a not so credible witness. I hope that's the case. I certainly hope it's not true. Um, you know, we're very accustomed to accusers lying to get after Trump. He recently had two sexual assault or misconduct cases tossed by judges and the women were, were clearly full of shit. This could be the case here. But this kind of accusation, if this gets some legs, Trump ain't running. There, there's absolutely no way that he is going to be able to run if this sticks, this accusation sticks in any way. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because I think DeSantis is a much more sure victory for us in 2024. And I, you can't tell me anything on paper and really even in the public eye that Trump does better than DeSantis. Now, Trump can't be, or DeSantis can't be Trump, and he won't try to be, but he's got some Trump in him. I'm not rooting against Donald. I will certainly be behind him all the way. I love the guy. I love how he does things. But I want to win in 2022 and 2024 and bring things back to the way they need to be in this country because we know we are right and the other side is wrong. But watch this um, this case unfold. You got to really search for the news. And where I'm going with this, why is it so undercover even from the left, is I believe they're scared to death of this because people they're invested in are starting to go down. Look at the Cuomos, right? Governor Boy Cuomo had to step down from all the accusations. And his brother is now suspended, Chris Cuomo, the only guy that gets a halfway decent audience on his show at CNN. He's suspended because there's proof that he tried to cover up and maybe even silence lawyers or accusers of his brother, uh, Governor Cuomo, Andrew. And uh, that's terrible for CNN. Chris Cuomo is, we've known for a while, the biggest douche hypocrite out there. He's going down. So you've got, you know, you've got the most serious, disgusting rape, sexual assault case maybe of our time with Epstein going on now, you know, because he allegedly killed himself. I mean, we, we're pretty sure he's dead. So there's no trial for Epstein. So Jalene Maxwell is the trial, is supposed should be the vengeance trial that feminism, that women's advocates want. It should be as public as Kyle Rittenhouse. And you don't see anything. I mean, what do they know about this trial or what might come out in this trial that's making them put a lid on this? Because my only theory on the Trump side is, because I can't understand why they're not hammering Trump for this or potentially what might come up too. And it's got to be that they don't want anyone paying attention to this trial for their own reasons. It has to be. Because there's no reason they do not walk away from anything. Look what they did with the Steele dossier and the Russian collusion bullshit. The accusation for them is all they need. They don't care about the evidence. When it comes to people like Trump or us, conservatives, they will use anything. They'll make up sources. I know they have. To say they verified a story. And they don't care when it turns out to be false. This is why Rush Limbaugh referred to them as the drive-by media. right? They drive by, they launch a grenade, they throw a grenade out the window, and they're not there for the damage they cause. They're not there for the retraction. They bury it on the sixth page, or they don't even do it at all. 
And they just continue to call people like Kyle Rittenhouse a racist and white supremacist. They don't care about facts. Here I thought they would with this case. I really thought they'd cover this more than they did, but I don't know. It's a strange one. It's a strange one. You got this Omicron variant. You got a, you got a lot of cover, a lot of cover provided for this Epstein case. And um, I'm going to do, I'm going to try to find out more on the day to day about what's coming out in testimony and in arguments in this case, but um, it's going to be an absolute strange one. Speaking of cases, uh, we have a uh, massive, massive Supreme Court case going on right now. I want to see an update because I've got, I follow some people on social media that actually are listening to the testimony. They're getting, they're getting tidbits from somebody. And it's been interesting to hear what, um, what judges and justices like Clarence Thomas and John Roberts are saying and asking during arguments, right? And, uh, it's been pretty, pretty interesting because, um, you know, now it's essentially Roe v. Wade being re-argued, but it's a Mississippi law that bans abortions after 15 weeks that is being, you know, has been appealed, supported, denied all the way up. Now it's in the Supreme Court, right? And what, um, what does this mean? If, if this law in Mississippi is upheld, the way I interpret it is, is essentially the Supreme Court saying, hey, this is a state decision. And the way I understand it is that's basically what it was before Roe v. Wade. And you've got people like Clarence Thomas asking what part of the Constitution, you know, what constitutional protections does abortion have? Right. And so, um, you know, from CNN yesterday, they believe you have someone writing uh, Dan Berman and Ariane DeVogue. The Supreme Court seemed poised Wednesday to uphold a Mississippi law that bars abortion after 15 weeks. But it is less clear if there is a clear majority to end the right to abortion nationwide, although conservative justices expressed skepticism about the Roe v. Wade decision. There are an, a few constitutionalists or originalists on that court that have always questioned the legality of Roe v. Wade. And although the screechers can't get it through their heads, we can always remind them this is not about really the morality of abortion. This is about the legality of it. For instance, John Roberts seemed to be looking for a middle ground to allow states to ban abortion earlier. He, he talked about, this is where the viability, right? When does life start? Um, for a fetus. And he was inferring moving up the viability line from the current 22 to 23 weeks, but leaving in place some remnants of a woman's right to end a pregnancy. He said 15 weeks was not a dramatic departure, that's his words, from viability. Roberts is not as conservative, for instance, as like a Clarence Thomas. Another key justice, Brett Kavanaugh, however, noted that even if the issue were returned to the states, abortion would still be available in some of those states. He conceded that supporters of abortion rights have a, quote, forceful argument, but asked if there were two interests at stake, why the court should be the arbiter. That's interesting. Um, and, and what So what I interpret that is, um, is that, uh, you know, abortion is going to survive if they send it back to states. I mean, for instance, California is going to allow it, right? Um, but, you know, 
Brett is, Kavanaugh seems to be questioning why it's even there. Why, why the Supreme Court, the federal side, should even be weighing in on this. That's my interpretation, if this is a state's rights. I think if I were to bet on something, is that after this case, when they vote, whether it's 6-3, 5-4, I think there's going to be something that the movement I'm a part of, the pro-life movement, is, should be happy with. I don't know if there's going to be some home run that outlaws abortion in the United States. I highly doubt that. I don't know if, if legally the Supreme Court can do that with this particular case. Remember, this isn't Roe v. Wade. This is, Mississippi, this is a Mississippi abortion law that has brought the same arguments back in front of the Supreme Court. My guess, if I had to bet, like I was saying, is that this gets becomes a states' rights thing and the left is going to freak out because this will allow Texas, Louisiana, right, red states to say, okay, we can now decide what to do with abortion. I think some states will make it outright illegal. And I don't think the Supreme Court, based on what I'm hearing, you know, Sotomayor and the far left ones are going to, they're going to vote against this Mississippi law. And they're going to say it's unconstitutional. They'll have dissenting opinions. Maybe it goes 5-4 against it. I don't know. But what I'm seeing from Thomas, Kavanaugh, and Roberts, the chief justice, is that they're probably going to kick this back to the states. Um, now, yeah, Sotomayor is attacking it. Um, and it's going to be um, it's going to be an interesting one when this is decided. It might be so complex that the zealots on both sides, or you know, especially the pro-abortion people, don't know how to react, which is going to be kind of funny because all they they're they're all about emotion in the pro-abortion movement. To to give you an idea of what it's like on the steps of the Supreme Court right now, there are women in a matter of protest or celebration, taking abortion pills in on camera. So I, I don't know if they got knocked up the night before and are actually aborting a fetus right before our eyes or aborting a pregnancy, but they're taking abortion pills. It's the weirdest flex I've, I've probably ever seen. But again, these are hysterical women. These are emotionally unsettled psychopaths. Right, that kind of activity, the people that do what they do, it's not just the purple hair, it's the whole package. These are dangerous people, right? I mean, they probably have gotten to a point where they're so excited about their right to choose as a woman that they intentionally get in, in, impregnated so that they can take a pill like this, again, as, the, as just a sociopathic, psychotic flex. That's where these people are mentally and emotionally, and I hope they're put to a stop in some way, shape, or form by this case because um, it's, it's, a, it's a big one. Um, I, I, you know, I've got a few more minutes. Let's talk about what happened in Michigan, Oxford, Michigan. I don't know if you've seen a, if you've seen a picture of this kid, but they describe this as methodical and deliberate. From what I understand, this nutcase teenager, his mugshot is available now. It's frightening. I was like a little dumber fucker. Um, and uh, this guy, uh, the prosecutor who has the case, was said he was left speechless after reviewing security footage of the shooting at Oxford High School that left four students dead. What a nightmare. Apparently, his dad bought the gun. Apparently, the parents had been at the school that day or the day before, obviously talking about their oddball, unbalanced kid. So they, this kid was known already to have issues. There were concerns about him. And what do his parents do? They give him access to a gun. Now, I don't know if they said, hey, here's the gun if you need it. 
but they clearly didn't secure it enough. And Psycho Boy went out and headed to school and executed four kids. There is some intense, disturbing, a little bit exhilarating footage, because it turns out well, of a girl. I think she posted it on TikTok. If you haven't seen it, it's easy to find. She's in one of the classrooms. They got everybody in the corner farthest away, you know, furthest from the door. And there's somebody knocking on the door claiming to be the police department in a deep voice. And good for the guy. There's a couple dudes standing by the door and they didn't open it. Spoiler alert, it's the kid with the gun outside pretending to be a cop. And they're they're having an exchange with them. And the, and the kid in the classroom is like, hey, he basically says, we, you know, we don't know. We're just trying to be cautious. And dipshit shooter boy comes back from the other side, still trying to pretend to be a cop and says something like kind of urgent, but throws in bro, (laughs) like our teenage kids would do, especially teenage boys. Like, hey, kind of got to get in there to help you out, bro. And it just, obviously, whatever facade he was going with fell apart and the kids all look at you like, oh, he said, bro, he said, bro. And they wisely, because they were told to hold in place and close and lock the door, they're on the first floor, they go out the window and you hear the fear. You hear these kids, you know, some crying, um, trying to get through that window. And this girl's filming the whole way, all the way to the other side. They run across the quad in the snow and get to police that are in the other side. And they're telling them, hey, the guy's right over there. I mean, it's it's intense shit. And if you have kids in a high school, in school at all, it's your worst nightmare. And that worst ultimate nightmare came true for four families because this kid's nuts. This kid's parents are fucking idiots. And a lot of this can be prevented. A lot of this can be. You're talking about a handgun where a kid not only knew where it was, a kid who's got problems. I I don't need to know his background when I see his mugshot. Take a look if you haven't seen it already. He's a psychopath. You know, nature versus, versus nurture, I don't know what happened to him. Who knows what these parents are about. They have clammed up completely under advisement of their attorney, which they grabbed five minutes after hearing what happened. They're not saying anything. They're not cooperating. The kid's not answering any questions. He's been booked. That's it. The parents aren't answering any questions because they know the law is coming after them. And it should. It should. You have a minor living in your home who had access to a gun and went out and killed four kids with your gun. You're fucking going down. Both mommy and daddy are going down on this one. Right? This isn't just not knowing your kids. And I think the parents of the Columbine killers took a bad rap. They're especially the one that ran the whole thing. Eric Harris, read the book. He had everybody fooled. He wasn't dark. He wasn't part of anything. There's no trench coat mafia. I know I'm bringing back some terms you haven't heard in 20 years, maybe. 2010, they released a lot of information that wasn't publicly available when the shootings happened more than 10 years before. And um, I'll tell you, it's called Columbine. Read the book. We were duped. It was one of the first times... Without us knowing, there wasn't a bold social media or a group of independent journalists out there to ask questions. We were spoon-fed bullshit on what Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold were. Why? Because they were actually pretty normal on the service. They'd gone to prom a few nights before. They were social. Eric Harris, a total psychopath, had the ability to function, to be, he was brilliant, and he was nuts. And he knew how to carry on a facade. But when you read his journal, when you read what he said, he hated the world and wanted to watch it burn. Klebold was just suicidal. They don't think Klebold actually shot anybody in the Columbine case. And what that was actually wasn't a shooting plan. They had bombs distributed all over the school. I don't know if you didn't know that. 
big kettle type bombs, um, pressure cooker bombs, just like the guys used in Boston. That was a bombing that failed. They had the guns outside to shoot people that were fleeing. When they realized that Harris fucked up on the bomb making, they went in and started shooting kids and a teacher. Um, and all of the rounds they've analyzed, not one of Klebold's rounds was aimed lower than seven feet. He just didn't have the guts to kill himself on his own. He knew Eric would make him. He just didn't want to live. And what a dangerous pairing they were. Why do I bring them up? Not all parents know what's going on. I mean, yeah, they had a, a basement hangout room, but Eric had a full-time job. He did things, you know, I don't know if they should be the pariahs they are. Um, but these parents, let's see what happens. But from what it looks in this Michigan case, <laughs> they really screwed up. And they are going to be criminally held accountable. Make no mistake. I mean, there's video of this kid walking around doing what he did. His name is Ethan Crumbly. I'm glad his name is not in the headlines. Um, but this kid is empty. He's hit with 24 charges, charges which include four counts of first-degree murder, seven counts of assault with intent to murder, one count of terrorism, and 12 counts of possession of a firearm. It's interesting that he's being charged with terrorism and that he should be labeled, I think he is a terrorist. He planned what he did. He went to kill people. Um, I only thing I wonder is what was his cause? I don't care if he gets hit with terrorism or not, but you know, hope there'll be some investigations and you know, maybe they find out why he did it. That scumbag driver in the Waukesha, Wisconsin murders, who's a terrorist based on what he believes is being treated as almost like a, a criminal accident. And many of the headlines you've seen treat this as if the SUV is going to be on trial, which is not the first time you go back to the 90s. I think I talked about it before. The SUV has been on trial before because it's not fuel efficient or so not fuel efficient enough for the leftist psychopaths. Um, anyway, that's where I'm going to end today. I'm going to get uh, some more research on this Roe v. Wade redo um, in the Supreme Court in this Michigan case. And we're going to follow the Epstein-Maxwell case a little closer. It's going to take some digging. It's amazing, again, like I said, how little coverage it's receiving, considering big-time court cases have been a big-time deal for a while now, ever since really OJ. Um, so we shall see. I'm going to talk about Scott Peterson. That name rings a bell. That's the guy that killed his wife, his pregnant wife, uh, God, like back in 2005 or so, I can't remember, maybe 10, no, 10 years, about 10 years ago. Um, he's getting a retrial. Uh, he's, his death sentence was stayed. That's going to be an interesting one. Apparently, there was jury misconduct. And he actually has a lawyer from his original trial, a woman that still believes he's innocent. Evidence was fairly compelling, and I remember, but who knows? That's going to be an interesting one. Google Scott Peterson if you want to get an update on that. We're going to look more into it and talk about it again. Thanks again for listening. Really appreciate it. This is Behind Enemy Lines, and we'll be back soon. Have a great day.